G'day and welcome to the Ag Marketing Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to making marketing, communications and online business tips available for rural and agri people wherever you are in Australia. Hosted by Tegan Buckley, that's me. I'm a marketing and online business coach and I run my own ag marketing business called Mally Marketing. This episode is proudly brought to you by Mally Marketing and Superior Selections. I begin this episode by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as well as all who live, love and work across rural Australia and the agricultural industries. Recently, I caught up with livestock marketing, media and photography expert Ian Turner from Superior Selections. And we've pulled together this three-part exclusive podcast series for you to all listen in on. You're listening to part two out of three. Some highlights of this episode include how to self-promote without feeling like a D-bag, standing out in a sea of saturated advertising space when it comes to stud stock annual on-property sales, traditional print versus digital media, and where to focus our efforts to attract prospective clients plus so much more golden nuggets of advice and wisdom when it comes to marketing livestock and ag businesses. I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Ian Turner from Superior Selections here with me again. So we're going to be talking about all of Ian's wisdom when it comes to marketing and media. Self-promotion. So this is something that comes up a lot. A lot of people and businesses struggle self-promoting. Do you have any tips that you can elaborate on to help help with that sort of challenge. Yeah, and it's what I, well, it'll be exactly the same as what I told all our clients. Mm. Um, uh, most rural people I know are humble. Yes. Um, I think, you know, for me, me to say, um, on the end of that first one, you know, I'm extremely proud of what we've achieved. I think most people are extremely proud of what they're producing livestock-wise that I've been involved with. Um, you can always see over the fence and say, oh, I'd like to do it better or I'd like to be as good as that one day or whatever. Well, we can hopefully get there. We can grow together and see you do it. But humility is is strong in the rural circle in particular. And, um, and I think that's admirable. However, mm. uh, being quiet about everything... Um, there's, a, there's an old adage that I've always referred back to and Graham Day used it in, a, in an early uh, marketing thing when we were having a um, conference when we were having Suffolk ones regularly back in the mid-80s and uh, the quote then was, promotions without advertising is like winking at a girl in the dark. That is so true. You know what you're on about but no one else does. And... The same on the humility thing. You can be humble about what you success, but if you're, you're totally quiet about it, it's like winking at the girl in the dark. No one else knows about it. Um, so you've got to you've got to have have um, your successes promoted, your quality promoted, the good product. It's got to be marketed. Um, so what I basically said to all our clients is if it's factual, it's not bragging. Yeah. It's how you say that, though. So, you know, it's, there are ways of promoting facts, successes, um, positives about your stock or your uh, with, without bragging. Um, 
you know. So the first advice on that is promote your product and not yourself. Um, you know, I'm the greatest um, sheep breeder there's been or these sheep are as good as I've ever bred. Look at the results they're getting from our so clients. Are they any good or not? Mm. Um, but telling and, and what we were able to provide by being on board and so and you would with your clients is you can tell the story in the third person. Yeah. But it's a lot easier for a marketer to promote versus self-promotion. Yeah, but but in a in a if I was saying now to someone if we were back in, or in a situation and it might be a regional publication, uh, one of those specialist ones um, like uh, uh, the beef and lamb ones that the Border Watch, for example, was producing um, back in those days before they went into the end of their little story during COVID, um, the, you might, you'll get asked to provide an editorial. Now, if I'm dealing with a client that's easy I provide the editorial whatever and I write it in the third person etc but for the person who's doing that and doing it still or trying to do it still uh, on their own uh, bat is start talking about write it out personally but then change the I to they um, etc so that you then put it into the third person it's hard to write perhaps if you're not comfortable with that in the in the third person to start with so write it first person and then change it once you've got it written so it's a great piece of advice as i said so if it's factual it's not bragging and and there's ways of doing it um the book has to match the cover but if and what i'm alluding to that third person is if i say my rams are the best rams that I reckon are around, they're magnificent. But if person over there says, you ought to look at his sheep, they're fantastic. That's the third person's recommendation. So it's while they might recognise the connection between the two, it's still the other person saying it. Mm, it's not you true. saying it yourself. Because in Australia we build up looking for heroes, people we admire but as soon as they're up there we want to cut them down we want to that tall poppy syndrome <laughs> yes. that, that culture so, in australia so if you're saying how good your stuff are even if it's factual it's oh no you're just like oh they're they're Bragger. a bit full of themselves <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's you know most people will say you know i'm pretty pleased with these or mm. whatever um and it's um, so it's great to be proud yeah so you should be you work yeah. hard to produce but, but i think we you know if we watch things like sport and and the olympics and and no disrespect to uh, any american people who might happen to see this mm. or whatever but americans are far more forward and accepting of forward people out there pushing their own barrow whereas in australia it's not our psyche as a, yeah. as a nation and a population. So we've got to we've got to promote to the market how they want to be want to hear it. So absolutely, um, yeah. I th- I feel like uh, I've had a lot of training from overseas, um, you know, education in marketing and, and media space, and I have definitely noticed that Australian marketing and self promotion is far different to overseas and I think especially in the rural industries too so having that third person look and you know I guess yeah when when I've um on the um marketing in general from from a promotional view um self-promotion or not self-promoting um 
when I presented to things like the Junior Heifer Expo or the Sheep Expo, Junior Sheep Expo, um, I've summarised marketing this way. Marketing is everything you do and say every day of the year. So I can, I can have everything right for my livestock, a top product. I can employ the best marketer around to promote them. But if I go along to a football match and I call half my potential clients abusive language, I've destroyed all that money and work and time by a simple action. That doesn't mean to say you can't be passionate about supporting your football team, but think about what you're saying, where you're saying it, anytime, anywhere. Because it's your personal brand yeah. and relationships is revenue. I'm, I'm going to go to the pub on Friday night and get blind out of my mind and start a fight. That Good news travels fast, bad news travels faster. Oh, yeah. Why am I going to go to buy something from that idiot? <laughs> Pretty much. So, so yeah. you know, that's... You're yeah. always... You're always marketing yourself. You are marketing yourself. That doesn't mean to say, oh, I've got to have my marketing brain on now and no. be a different person, but you've got to be aware of what sort of person you want to be. If you're trying to reach people that you don't know at this stage, you've got to be a, just like your product, you've got to be a presentable product. Yeah. Um, yeah. People want to feel good doing business yeah. with you um, and reputation is certainly going a long way. Yeah, so it's defining your... In a general sense, getting back to this self-promotion or employing someone to do it, it's define your product. What is it you're actually trying to sell? You've got to know that mm-hmm. um, and identify your target audience, Who? potential customers, and then develop your plan and work within your budget. Yeah. It's got to fit a budget. Got to have a budget. Uh, but I'd say in general terms, most rural marketing is hugely under underfunded. It is, yeah. Now, we don't have to be Coca-Colas, but the Coca-Colas of this world spend 20% of their gross on marketing. Whereas I feel like rural businesses, and I could be wrong, would be more down to that 5 to 10%. Or less. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, the marketing side's got to be stepped up. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, you take a $500,000 sale, gross of which in the present climate there's been a few around, or plus, or a million-dollar sale or a few of those, um, especially in the last six months, um, that's 200 grand a year on marketing mm. That you, on, on the same scale. Um, you would hardly say someone like Coca-Cola that, that pro- produces a shit product that ruins your health. Mm. Yeah. It tastes nice. But <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's insane. They, they are doing very well, thank you. So... Mm. To, with a good product, marketed well, what can you do? The yeah, sky's the sell limit. Sell itself sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah so. Um, like you said before, you can't expect to wink at someone in the dark and, you know, expect them to, to know what you're going on about. Yeah, You've got to put yeah. yourself out there. The, the, the rule for all marketing is you're trying, you're trying to achieve top-of-mind awareness for the client. So by that I mean... And I use the example quite often that you've, you've got everything organised for this year's mating and you go out and you find the bull or the ram you've bought's died, snake bite or something. How often that's probably happened? And it happens quite a lot. Or you've gone out there and you find three of the seven rams are lame and then 
they possibly can't work or they've got to hit up the backside and they're no longer fertile. So um, we've got a problem. Where are you going to go? Yeah, the old Ghostbusters theme. Who are you going to call? <laughs> um, and probably you're going to call the person that you got it from. But every chance they're sold out. Mm. So who's next? Yeah. Who's next in your top of mind? So you want to be in that top five. Clients or potential clients, you've got to, you've got to, to get there, you've got to um, uh, establish a point of difference. What makes me better than 50 others out there um, with, with RAMs, for example? Um, so it's, it's establishing that point of difference. And if the point of difference is clearly yours are better than anyone else, you've been able to establish that, you're probably laughing. Yeah. But, but the, it may be something else. But, but it's got to be something that makes you stand out from the pack. If you're looking in a publication and there's 50 ads, uh, it's not just the good ad that will get you your ad read it'll be what it says as well yeah you know, it, um, and we'll go on to traditional yeah. marketing in a second but um, i was just going to say there's three groups of clients basically we're out there there's those you have and someone's trying to poach them mm. there's those you don't have and there's someone who's got them's trying to hang on to them and there's those who are new to the game and everyone's trying to get them oh, yeah. so if you're not marketing you're missing out on so you're, much market share. Yeah, well, you won't get the groups two or three, and you'll probably lose the ones you've got eventually. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's so, what you're dealing with, and that's why marketing's important. Yeah, and we livestock marketing. It's it's a very saturated industry, especially with stud stock. I think the key question is how do you establish that point of difference, and how do you stand out from that saturated market? Yeah, you've got to got to work out ways. And that's where a bit it's of a core IQ, challenge, isn't it? A bit of IQ, but it's and it's not easy necessarily. Mm. Um, and there are plenty of ways of doing it, um, and th- and they're not all deadly serious um, in the respect. Uh, there's got to be humour in your life. I agree. Uh, life's too short to be serious all the time. Don't so, take yourself too seriously sometimes. Well, yeah. yeah, but have the ability to laugh at yourself. But but there's a serious side to most. Um, most things, but I the first time I showed Paul Dorsett um, in Melbourne, and Melbourne was the big show. There were over four hundred, probably five hundred um, Paul Dorsets being shown mm-hmm. there at that stage. Wow. And you're a Johnny come lately, um, uh, and you you land in the show. Uh, you hope to get somewhere, and those in those huge classes, up to seventy rams in a class, and this sort of stuff. Um, you can, you can. Um, it's a big achievement to be left on the floor for the first cut to start with. Oh yeah. But if, but if you get a ribbon, that's really something. And in that first year, I showed I won um, the Scanagram Ram class, Ram Lamb class. Sorry, um, not a big, not the biggest class by any means, but there were. 30 or so ram lambs and managed to win it. Um, so it's lucky or um, I could breed stock. <laughs> yeah. But there's always a bit of luck because the judge comes to a decision, but there were some points in the scanogram one that the judge has no bearing on. But um, And there was a trophy for that. Anyway, I went to the pole horse at dinner. Um, I knew a few of the guys around my age when we were young and frivolous. I think we averaged two hours sleep a night during that <laughs> Melbourne Raw. <role>. Um <laughs> 
Uh, that's how hard I worked. <laughs> Very much hard work. Um, but I got presented with this um, trophy and I thought, well, I can stand here and try and say something sensible. But what I said was, I feel in this company, I feel rather like the man who walked into a psychiatrist with a frog on his head. And the psychiatrist said, um, what seems to be the problem? And the frog said, I don't know. It started off as a wart on my ass." Oh and then I sat down, and I think most people knew me by the they end of that They would remember night. that. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's, it's oh. uh, a way of getting noticed, I suppose. Yes. That, that I'm, um, That's just, my example just, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can tell a joke, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to, uh, to um, break the ice sometimes. Absolutely. Everyone needs a good laugh. Especially well, this a one. good public speaker um, will use a joke at the beginning quite often. Break the so ice. Break the yeah. ice. Um, get people listening. Well, shall we move into the next question I have for you? Traditional media and digital. So as I'm just going to paint the scene a little bit here. I'm very much from a digital social media background. You're from a journalist um, newspaper. Is that Would that be the best way to describe your sort of specialty in yeah, I, I, I think for it just, I'm I'm a Johnny come lately into the digital side of things, but but not naive to it. Yeah, um, it was not something we were strongly into. I'm on Facebook. I post most days. You're really good on Facebook too. Um, but uh, yeah, well, like everything in life, I try to make people think or have a laugh or yeah. something to get. You know, I'm not really interested in what you ate at your last um, restaurant you went to or that type of thing. But um, if that's what rocks your boat, put it up by all means. (laughs) I'll probably skip over it. But So if you're going to put something up, at least have some meaning in it or some some purpose in it. So that's that's just what I try to do, you know. And during during the pandemic start, well, that's when I posted travel photos that we'd been fortunate enough to do because we can't travel anymore so here's something that's out there one day that if we can again you might like to see so i've just been seeing a little bit of a gap in the conversation in the agri-rural industry in terms of balancing out that digital and traditional advertising mediums and channels that we have access to um what are your general thoughts on this space? Any recommendations? I know that a lot of people are leaning into digital now because they're finding it is a little bit more cost effective with a bit more data driving their choice. However, there's demographics that are still buying that newspaper and reading that. And it's really important to have that balance. Yeah, it, to me, it's always been like that. Now, you've said traditional, and I know what you're meaning by traditional, but to me, traditional means something that's just been around for a long time effectively. Yep. It's been successful. That's why it's been used. Uh, um, so anything that works, keep utilising it. Um, and there's a wide spectrum of options out there. And, and online marketing now is one of the later options, yep. which wasn't there when we started to any great extent. Um, my advice is never drop something and replace it with a different um, option. You might you might ultimately drop it, but you've got to tailor your new package with with what's the most effective, and finding that is gets down to a thing called market research, which is so important, tracking response. If you're not, if you're suspicious... 
suspicious something's not working, um, track it. Don't yeah. don't guess. Um, you know, it's a bit like performance recording. And if you're not measuring, you're guessing. Mm. Um, so don't drop it and replace it with something. You know, and I, and I had people who said, you know, oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to advertise in the stock journal this year. We're going to do X. Mm. Well. I can tell you now that if your ad, if they, people are used to seeing your ad in a particular journal like the Livestock Annual, annual or whatever, and it's not there for two years, oh, they must have fallen off the perch oh, well, or whatever, they're out of it. They don't go searching, I wonder where I can, because now we've got the online, you can search for something. But then they just presumed, well, you're not in the business anymore, so we'll go somewhere else. If, um, sorry to hold you up there. If, you're, if your existing client is waiting and watching your ad in their local newsletter, uh, newspaper, why haven't they heard about it already through mail drop or email? Well, exactly. Um, we, had, we had three ranges of clients from our business viewpoint and I advised all our clients to do the same thing and, and put your clients into gold, silver, bronze, ABC, whatever you want to call them. And the A1s, if we get to a livestock producer, the A1s are the people who are buying regularly from you. In other words, they're people you can count on for clients. Mm. They may not buy exclusively from you, but they're there most years. And if they're not there, it's for a legitimate reason. And that particular year, you should know what that reason yeah. is and, and know that they're coming back. Um they might have downsized that part of their flock and they don't need any new rams this year or bulls or whatever. You've you've got the ones who have bought from you once perhaps or have strongly inquired, they're showing interest. So they're worth serving. And then you've got the third, they're in the game. They're out there as a potential client, but they're not yet. They haven't shown interest. So they're, they're the ones you try and pick up at things like field days or whatever, get a name, get an address or whatever. Then you've got the options of what how you market, and I, and I believe you should use a whole package of these um, print, and there are options of that with a specialist thing like the Stock Journal or that one of their specialist publications, which was statewide, though now um, circulations have dropped off to what they used to be traditionally. That's not a reason not to use them, but they cover a wider area. You've got radio, if it's relevant, um, and your regional areas like the southeast, that's very relevant. Um, television, um, you've got direct marketing. So anyone you've got a name and address on, again, you're not going to send every one of those ABCs or gold, silver, bronzes um, a particular uh, letter, a direct mm-hmm. mail thing. But if you're advertising your sale or informing them, yes, you probably would. Um we got catalogs sent to us from the Oaks Borderless Estate in there for five years, and I followed. What they didn't know is whether I was throwing them straight in the bin or religiously studying them. And I was religiously studying them, and when I found the, that the time was right, I thought to go there. We went there, mm. um, and so that's what you don't need. No, I haven't got you a response for two years. You don't drop them off the list. If they're a viable breeder and they're out there still as a potential client, keep them involved until they ask you not to, perhaps. Um, so, and, and now, of course, we have this electronic online stuff um, with websites and what have you, so and all the different platforms of online. So it, it's, it's, um, 
there's so many options, but you've got to be using a, a shotgun approach rather than a sniper's rifle because yeah. you won't hit everyone with one bullet. Mm. Um, yeah. Our attention is fragmented um, across so many different channels now. Yeah. Some people prefer phone calls. Yeah. They love but, to be But some people about. hate phone calls yeah. um, because they feel pressured. Yeah. Um, there are stud breeders of the past. I know that they they would go around and get every potential client. It was at an opposition wow. sale, and they would ring them that's endlessly. A bit, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's, yeah, it's direct. But people do it's it. It's like um, going and, on a you know blind date and asking them to marry you like straight off the bat. <laughs> well, we got a stupid. Where's television program married at first sight or <laughs> something. Do. God help us as a society. But anyway. Uh, oh, dear. Um, give you a, a Nelson Mandela quote, and I've got to read this one. Because All right. I can, but, but it's very pertinent, I think. Talk to a person through a medium they can receive, and it goes to their head. But if you talk to them in their language and through the medium they like, it goes to their heart. Mm. Uh, he had 26 years in prison to <laughs> get the wisdom he came out with. But that is so strong. Yeah. Um, and that's what it's about, you know. Put it in basic terms, do you piss into the wind or you go with it? Um, simple as that. It's right. <laughs> as simple as that. So, you know. It's, but it's not so simple. There's a bit of an yeah. art and a bit, a lot of market research I've, I find it's understanding your clients and yes. whoever understands their clients best wins. Yes. Do you agree? Yes. And if I go back to those three three types of potential clients, the ones you've got, the ones someone else has got, and the ones that everyone's trying to get, is um, the chase to get other clients can be that strong. Sometimes you forget about the ones you've got mm. and you've got to not, you know, don't don't take your, your clients you've got for granted. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where the, where, and that you, you should know where they get their information. Yeah. So, and, you know, the ones that are really strong, you'll, you'll direct mail them, obviously. Um, we used to, on the island, it was probably easy, but we had a, because with that water, it had its drawbacks, but it also had a, had its advantages and we were enclosed. And I would do a newsletter every year and put it through the post office as to the farmer. Yeah. So everyone got it and, and it wasn't. Come to our sale, da, da. We just put out what we had, what we'd achieved. Here we are, mm. consider us, yeah. um, basically. And uh, we got a lot of clients as a result of that. Yep. There was a mentality that you get with a, an isolated community. And as I said, when I went to Marcus, I didn't realise how naive I was till I got away, um, narrow-minded or whatever, because you're only exposed to so much. Um, there was the mentality that, you know, you'd read in the stock journal about the stud breeders, you know, so-and-so, whoa, he must have good sheep. So they'd flock over to the mainland to buy, whereas they knew us, we're just a cocky down the road. Why would they, we go there? Well, that's that's why we went to shows and did a, uh, an expensive thing. It was to get some cream on top, but it was also to get recognition mm. in our home. That was more independent, do you feel? That it, it yeah, wasn't just it, you but, guys telling them how good your stock was like yeah you said. But, but we didn't have credibility to say how good they are mm. without proof that we measured up to all those others in, in a way so, so while i was chasing cream initially that was the big payoff bonus that mm. hey suddenly you're credible yeah um, you know i haven't come and told you i've got good stock i've shown that i've got good Proving stock. those it. guys that we had up on a pedestal you've competed with them and you've beaten them in some cases so well, i suppose there are certain breeders that prefer not to show and that's 
fine. I think there's a place for every everyone. Um, there are other options to get your product out there, and a lot of people are now turning to showcasing their client successes. You yeah, know, what, yeah, and, and, and it's the, the same battle? same sort of thing as um, uh, that type of thing. But the the online uh, avenue that we sort of started this, I guess, with is um, gives those options of of testimonials and more videos and things you can't put a video in a sock journal for example mm, and yeah uh, the development of that which we'll get into in another yeah. the other bit i think in a minute but it it's the avenues are greater but you, it, the same thing is you've got to get a balance and you've got to you got to use them wisely and my advice never get ahead of your audience you know you've got to take into account that most of the average rural farmer average age is 55 it was 55 when I went to Marcus, so it hasn't changed. There are more young people involved, probably more in decision-making now than there was then, mm. whereas it used to be the patriarch of the show and you were the lapdog till he dropped dead or mm. you know, some miracle he handed over to you before you were you know, Prince Charles's age waiting for um, Lizzie to vacate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's... it's um, <laughs> Well, I don't we, have... we really do get off on a <laughs> But it's, it's um, there. a lot of people went out of livestock and into cropping, young guys, because they weren't getting any any traction within any responsibility into that livestock field. So it's very hard for someone who's got a passion of building something up to step back and say it's yours. But you've got to give people a leg in um, a some responsibility before they'll develop a passion for something. And you've got to have passion to do livestock well. Oh, yes. Um, don't you? I've always said to... The clients now with the electronic media, um, you know, don't get ahead of your audience with that 55 thing. So it's no good saying we're going to do it all online now if only 10% of your potential clients are actually going online. Exactly. Most of those guys were 55 plus when we were fully um, in the superior selection business were, would go to a website kicking and screaming, but the young people can do it. So mm. involve them and they can do all that side mm. of things. Um so uh, yeah, you've got to get a website, but you if you, a website isn't your answer unless you're directing traffic to yes. it. So your newspaper ad, still using it, can have get the full story on our website where you can got a chance to tell your full story economically. You place an ad in the paper to tell your whole story. You've taken up three pages. That costs you more than you're going to make on the sale if you're starting out. Um, yeah, so. on that. I I don't come from a newspaper journalist background. I come from mainly marketing and digital, mm. social. When I look at the time of the year, say, for example, a lot of RAM, RAM stud clients are advertising, you know, from that July through to September, October. There's a lot of ads in that market space. How, how do you stand out? Is it worth putting a good page editorial that really attracts people in versus a smaller ad that may be glossed over? What's sort of your take uh, on uh, that? An advert has to make an impact. Now, I gave the example of the Paul Dorset dinner and yeah. telling a made an impact. Oh, yeah. Um, the It wasn't my objective, but I thought, what's the point of standing up here? They won't want to listen to me necessarily, so lighten Mm. it up. Um, Make everyone have a laugh. (laughs) Enjoy it. I want to enjoy myself. Yeah. Um, So, yes, attracting people to to the website. Um, 
by the website, you're basically now into the sm- small fish in a big pond category rather than uh, a big fish in a small pond. So in a feature in a paper, a really good ad and well-placed, um, you know, a little small ad, you take a chance of being on the bottom left-hand corner. People read top, right, top left to bottom right, glance read. So it's, you've got to attract them. It's hard down there, but if you've got a bigger one, their eyes are going to strike it. So that's that's what your extra dollars do. Make sure it gets mm. read and designed well. It'll stand out. Um, so, but when you go into that smaller um, fish in a big pond, you've you in the in a website thing, you've got to attract people to your website. It gives you the chance to tell that full story that you can't afford to tell. You try and get editorials, and that's mm. one of the good benefits of regional is that you can get those editorials quite often. Um, a sale report, a good sale report. That's your first advert for next year. So, mm. uh, you know, that it's you just hope it happens and a lot of people hope it happens. They don't see it as your first promotional tool for next year. You know, sales success breeds success. Breeds success. People want to be associated with success. Yeah. Um, so suddenly by a good sale report, you've moved up the cogs on that top of mind awareness. So, mm. That's um, true. So that's what you're trying to achieve. Um, so it pays to get a good sale report. Don't rely on on the paper ringing you up or being there. And if they're not there ringing you up and you've got to answer a few questions over a phone and hope to have a wonderful sale report because it doesn't happen like that. And you don't control the narrative either. No, you don't. You don't control the narrative space or anything else. So um, from our clients, we do editorials and we do them for, for the whole gambit but we tailor them in such a way that if they went to say it was a national client base sale they went to new south wales they could they could cut out the bits that weren't relevant because the new south wales bits were basically all together it might have been the second top buyer was so and so and then so and so and so and so bought here and they bought for this reason they did that etc um yeah so you you tailored it that it was it made it you gave the full story to the editors but you gave them an easier editing task to make it relevant for yeah. that region, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Didn't expect them to do the whole thing in every paper, but you were provided with the information. Otherwise, it took three times as long to write out five different editorials. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, back to attracting them the, uh, to the website is the key. And whether that's a traditional, as I say, check, check online, uh, or you use fa- Facebook and other social media thing to, again, mm. number of hits on social media media mean absolutely diddly squat if you don't actually attract them for the bigger story you know it means nothing if you don't grab their email address because if, yeah social media is borrowed real estate so yeah. yes you've got to get them back to that website and generate some sort of relationship to get their contact details. if they've hit your facebook post and they liked it you would hope there's enough so you know, it doesn't have to be blatant, but see more on this on our website is not being too forward. No. Um, not see more because these are the greatest things that have ever happened. It, it create the curiosity, as I said, uh, advertising um, creating interest. Yeah. Um, and it's showing that your product, your genetics are solving a problem that your clientele might may have. Yeah. You know, yeah. What are they what are they looking for? What's their objective and how does what you do fix that and help that? Yeah. And, and, and as I said, hits on social media 
uh, are really only good for your ego and nothing else. Uh, yeah. Much use as cuffs on underpants, as I, I say. I think the best <laughs> metrics are the shares and the comments. That's going to help yeah. you reach more yeah. new people. You've got to direct that into into positive uh, yeah. contact or action. Or action, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Action. So, and all advertising, be it online, uh, traditional, as we call it, or whatever, has to cover those five W's, the old adage, who, what, why, where, and when. And that's if you're doing a print advertising, make sure you cover those but and you highlight might be a spot colour or something to lift those things out. And if they read the bits in between, well and good. Um, but the cleaner you can make it and direct them to a website nowadays, which wasn't available initially, um, is it's easier to read. So they're more likely to go there because they're not already overburdened with information before they, they get there. So and now there's a lot more opportunity to work with film producers to mm. create those you know, show and tell stories that you can put on the website because a lot of people may not have the time to read heaps of text, especially yeah. when they're busy farmers, whereas read, watching a video that's a couple of minutes long makes you feel like you're there, you're yeah. with that family and, and along with the journey. We'll have them. lost most of our viewers <laughs> in this. but <laughs> No way. I think if they want to be listening to us talk about marketing, um, they'll take but, they'll take what they want from yeah. it. <laughs> but it, but it's, you can need an action trigger after yes. those, so, um, you know, a how. Um, uh, highlighting pre- presumably your point of difference. Mm. Also, those logos that you can put in them that that immediately it's that top of mind. It's against, immediately they see that logo somewhere else. It bang, yep. tri- it triggers um, recognition. Yeah. Recognition. Mm. So um, yeah, that 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 applies to basically all all the advertising. But the online makes it a whole lot easier in, in lots of ways. You got to make sure. Enough people are re- of your potential client base are, are reading it, making decisions as a result of it. But it's an ill wind that does no good. COVID has certainly oh, yeah. helped yeah. in that respect because people have had to go there for information rather than just rock up and have a look around and stuff. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, then the Auctions Plus and Stock Live online selling platforms have certainly yeah. become valuable. Yeah, I'll cover that yeah. <laughs> in the next one if you like. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to tune into the third and final podcast episode for this livestock marketing series where In and I talk about photography and videography for online selling and promotions. Catch you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Ag Marketing Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to share this out with your friends and hit that subscribe button to be notified when I publish more episodes just like this one. Thanks again and have a great day. Bye for now.